0: And welcome to the How Not to Screw Up Your Kids podcast. So pour yourself a cuppa, find a comfy seat and enjoy the conversation. This is episode two and today we are talking all things confidence. The most valuable lesson we can teach our children is how to be happy and confident with who they are. Everything else falls into place when they truly believe in themselves. This is my absolute honest belief. And it's not because I don't value education and what qualifications give our children. It's just without confidence, children can never, ever really reach their full potential. And who wants a child growing into an unfulfilled adult? Raising confident, resilient, happy children has never felt harder. With ever-increasing pressures on our children to do better and be better, it can feel overwhelming as a parent to know where to begin. Your once happy-go-lucky child no longer believes in themselves, they don't feel clever enough, popular enough, confident enough, whatever it is, you fill in the blanks, whatever, enough. Maybe your child finds friendships difficult, they struggle with a lack of confidence about their own ability, or they simply won't push themselves out of their comfort zone. Whatever the challenge, this podcast episode is for you. It is my wholehearted belief when children are given the right set of tools and strategies, they can successfully negotiate any challenge life might throw at them. My goal with this episode is really to help you think about confidence in a new way and for you to take away just one of my three gifts to start using in your family today. So let's get started. Firstly, Let's get two common misconceptions out of the way to get us started. Number one, confidence is not being loud, being an extrovert, being arrogant, being perfect. Confidence is an inner understanding of who you are, your strengths, your challenges, and the areas you're working on. We are always a work in progress and confident children and confident adults accept themselves fully for who they are right now. Common misconception number two. I hate to break your illusion, but confidence is an inside job. So we can heap on all the praise we want with our children. If they don't believe it from the inside, truly believe it, then it really doesn't matter what you or I think or how much praise we heap on them we have to equip them with the skills to build up their own confidence rather than rely on anyone else. So for today's gives, I want to share three of my 10 confidence codes to help you get started. To be honest, the first three are pretty much the most important anyway, and we can always top up the others on another podcast at another time. So let's get started. The first is to help our children understand their internal dialogue. We all have an internal dialogue, and in a narrative which chronicles our lives and what is happening to us moment by moment. And that internal chatter, that internal narrative, creates our reality. So it's super important that we help our children understand that, Because actually, not only does it help build their confidence, it helps raises their resilience, reduces their likelihood of anxiety and is an absolute life skill. We know as adults, we have an internal narrative. So the sooner we can teach our children about it, the better. And the first thing is that when we're talking about a situation where our child doesn't feel particularly confident or they feel overwhelmed, then they're probably very much aware of their inner critic, their inner ogre, the chatter that says they're not good enough, they're not popular enough, they're not clever enough, they're not pretty enough, they're not thin enough. All of the enoughs. So I call it the inner critic or the inner ogre. You may well have seen it in some books called the inner bully, I personally don't like that particular word. I think bully gets you overused with children. So I like to stick to inner critic and inner ogre. In a lot of adult books, it's talked to, they talk about it being monkey mind. But that's the internal narrative. But we also have another side. We have our inner cheerleader, the voice of our best selves and the voice of our best friend. It's not a blind cheerleader that is saying, oh my goodness me, you're incredible, you can do anything. But it is a pragmatic side that says, I know this is hard, but you've done something similar before and you're okay. I know this feels scary, but you know you're safe. I know you're worried, but there are people here to help. It's that side. Now, our children often find it really difficult to tune into that side when they're in a situation that they don't feel particularly confident in. So really, the best way that we can help them is explain to them that they have an internal dialogue and help them tap in and understand what their internal chatter is so that they are able to pick up on that. So this is how I would do it. So talking to our children about that internal dialogue and then asking them to imagine themselves in that situation that they find particularly challenging and asking them, What is that internal dialogue? What comes up for you? What are the things that you're hearing inside your head? What are the things that get in the way? And really what we're trying to do is help our children get it out of their heads and onto a piece of paper. Because once they get it out of their heads and onto that piece of paper, we can start dealing with it. We can start manipulating it. We can start encouraging them to tap into their inner cheerleader instead of their inner critic. So my one give here is really helping our children identify that they have an internal chatter, help them identify what is showing up for them from the inner ogre, the inner critic, write them down. And then once we've written them down, we're then able to consider what might be an alternative. If we, if our best friend came up to us and said, I'm really scared of putting my hand up because I'm worried if I make a mistake that people will laugh at me, what would you say? I'm really worried about getting involved in this activity because I don't know anybody and I won't know anyone to talk to. What would you say to them? It's really helping our children to take a step back, look at that internal dialogue, and then consider what the voice of their best friend might say, because that can then be used as a mantra, as something that they can use when they're in those particular situations feeling overwhelmed. To keep saying to themselves, I know this is hard, but it always gets better the more I practice it. I know this feels really scary, but I'm safe. I've got people here who care about me, who want to make sure I succeed. Those are the sorts of things that you can begin to help them with. So my first give is about helping our children understand their internal dialogue. The second give is about shifting our parenting style from fixer to consultant. Now I know that this is really hard. I am a reformed super fixer. So I speak from experience. And it's really tricky at times when our children come to us with problems or struggles, things that they're finding really difficult. And we know how we can help them. So we often jump in with advice and we want to tell them what they need to do that will help them but actually, that really disempowers our children because they become reliant on us to fix their challenges rather than knowing that they have all of the tools and resources within themselves to fix it for themselves. So we have this is a real strategy that we need to master and it's helping our children problem solve. So instead of racing in and saying, well, what you need to do is X, Y or Z, Instead, we take more of a consultative view of, I can really see how that feels quite overwhelming. The idea of standing up on stage at school with everybody looking at you feels really scary, because if you make a mistake, you feel that people will laugh. Or joining this particular club feels really hard. What if you don't know anybody, and what if you're not any good at it? So you're really acknowledging how your child feels, and then you ask them all, What might we be able to do? What could you do to make this feel less overwhelming, to help you take that plunge, take that step? And again, we can talk about the mantras and that internal dialogue that we've talked about previously. Which mantras might you be able to use to help you in that situation? How might I help remind you to use those? It's that sort of conversation that we want to be having with our children and I know that this is really tricky. So what I would say, there's a, there's a couple of health warnings, really, for this. And the first is, if you are a super fixer, if you have previously always jumped in and we're trying to adopt more of a consultative approach with our children, you might experience a bit of resistance because your children aren't used to you asking them to solve their own problems. They're used to you fixing So don't worry, it will come with time. But what you might want to look at modifying at the beginning is maybe giving them two options. So when you're asking them to problem solve, what do you think you might do? And they don't have a solution. Then you might say, well, in the past, I found that this has really helped me in this situation. And also, this has really helped me. What do you think? Which one might you want to try first? So we're encouraging them to be able to start choosing, making those choices, because honestly, when you see the face of a child who has come up with a solution themselves, implemented it, and then they've seen it work, or maybe it hasn't worked, but they feel so empowered. So that's health warning number one. Health warning number two is about timing. When our children are in the heat of a moment with their emotions and they're feeling overwhelmed by a situation and a situation that they feel is beyond their capabilities to meet, then they're thinking from their emotional brain, which is pretty much at the back. What we want to do when we're looking at helping our children problem solve is we're really trying to help them access the front part of their brain where logic, reasoning, problem solving and decision making is. So in the heat of the moment, I wouldn't suggest you use this strategy, but instead acknowledge how your child feels. Talk them through that how difficult and challenging that particular situation feels, and then just make a suggestion that you'll you'll revisit it in a little while when when their emotions feel more settled, and then you can look at what possible solutions there are, and then when they're in that sort of more balanced. Emotional state, they're much more able to access the front part of their logical brain, and then you can help them problem solve. So, we've looked at two of my confidence codes so far. We've looked at helping our children understand their internal dialogue, shifting our parenting style away from fixer more to consultant. And then the third confidence code that I'm going to share with you today is encourage our children to set goals. We should be actively encouraging our children to set regular goals and we should be making sure that our children are seeing us do exactly the same. Remember what I said earlier on about what confidence is. Confidence is about that inner belief in oneself, that inner acceptance whilst also striving towards other qualities. So we should be encouraging our children to set regular goals because that's part of the journey of the person that they want to become. So we really should be encouraging our children to do this regularly and making sure that if we're setting regular goals for ourselves, that we communicate these for our children so that they can see it's a regular part of something that isn't, doesn't just happen at childhood, but follows us right through to adulthood. And it's something that we do all of the time it's a really important thing if we're not happy with where we are and we want to grow as an individual we want to take on more new exciting opportunities then of course we're going to do that from a by setting these goals and I want to share a really important analogy with you that for me shifted the way that I thought about goal setting in a really positive and empowering way quite often, and particularly if you're someone like me who likes to tick things off and sort of say, yes, I've achieved that, well done, tick, is that we can become quite fixated with goals about achieving and being able to say that we have fulfilled that particular goal. But I want to change the way you consider goal setting to actually, rather than the end goal, thinking about the person that you become and the person your child becomes in the pursuit of that goal. So as an adult example, let's imagine that we decide that we want to run a marathon in under four hours. So that becomes our end goal. And obviously with an end goal, we generally would have all sorts of tasks that we feel that we need to do in order to be able to achieve that goal. And part of that will obviously be to have a certain number of runs a week of varying different distances. We might have certain disciplines around what we eat how much water we drink, the trainers and the equipment that we might use in order to achieve that goal. And then obviously we would then run the marathon and then we would either get a tick or a cross. Rather than focusing in on whether we achieve that marathon in under four hours, I want you to consider the person that you become in that process because in pursuit of a marathon in under four hours, you become quite resilient, you become disciplined, determined tenacious you have to wake up at certain times you have to be observing data in terms of the times that you're running your um, training runs in so all of these things feed into the person that you become and actually they are they ultimately become so much more important than whether you tick that goal or not because that goal is a one-off situation but the person that you become the skills that you develop the way that you view things, the qualities that you take on board are more permanent and actually more life-changing. So it's really helping our children to take small steps, small goals, and to really focus on the person they become. So the goals can be as small as if we've got a child that's really struggling with their confidence around friendships, then it may simply be helping them say hello to one new child in their year each day, or making eye contact and smiling. It can be that simple. The person they become in the process is much more confident, much happier, much more likely to look at somebody in the eye, much more likely to begin a conversation. So that's what we do when we're talking about setting setting goals. We're not looking at huge life-changing goals. We're encouraging our children to set regular small goals and actively working towards those. So our three Gibbs today have been around helping and supporting our children become more confident. The first was about helping them to understand their internal dialogue. The second was shifting our parenting style away from fixer to more consultative and encouraging our children to regularly set goals. I hope you feel so much more comfortable now to start helping your children build their confidence so they can really feel proud of who they are. If you'd like my free guide with the three Confidence Code resources, then check out the show notes for the web link. And finally, if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you could subscribe and review this podcast so that others can find us and we can spread the love. So until next time.